funny that with the turp water, like it's crazy how it's so simple. It's like it's like legit childproof. But seriously, then, <laughs> it was felt like it was adult proof there for a minute. <laughs> I remember I went on a, the cannabis forum tours, mm-hmm. and there was this old man that was on there, and he got a he got a, a beverage, a, a, a THC beverage. And I remember he was on a bus like, he said, "What the hell was it so hard?" And I remember I was like, "Sir, look, hold on." And I showed him, I was like, "Beep," just popped it in, popped it off, and he was like. Well, why the hell they do that? <laughs> so it was crazy. It's funny, like they're even though they're 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 for the adults. It's like we still don't know how to get into them, but it's so simple. Just and you in there. Totally, <laughs> so, a little patience goes a long a way. A little patience goes a long way. Well, uh, cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Thank this podcast coming. is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than Canisations with Chris. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Canisations with Chris. And I am your host, Chris. What we like to do on this show is we like to highlight the cannabis industry and talk about the people within and today's episode i met this gentleman at and i remember him coming in and it was like when i first started so i remember you coming in with a lot of boxes mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and i didn't know who you were i just you know what I'm saying chill for a bit learning the area but then we we talked a little bit and then where do we I think we've seen each other a few times like at a couple events i think did we see each other at the uh the the uh, rolling, Roaring 420? So I did not make it to that event. Okay. No. So um, it was another event that we seen each other. Yeah. Somewhere in the summer. I can't remember. There was definitely one or two events where yeah. we saw each other. And yeah. then most recently I bumped into you down at Cambridge Cannabis Cambridge Company. Cannabis, yeah. That's we was, right. We was down there and you was at the Meet the Maker event. Oh, was that was that a meet the maker? Yeah, totally. So every second Friday of the month, I show up at Cambridge Cannabis Company. I set up a table. You know, Cambridge Cannabis Company is a strong supporter of Northern Craft, so he carries a lot of the products that we distribute. So yeah, every second Friday of the month, I show up for a few hours, uh-huh. and all the products that I deliver to that store is on sale for twenty percent off, and it's a great opportunity for me to get some face time with the bud tenders, the Absolutely. customers, get a feel for the flow of the store. Yeah. And all that. That's a good, it's a good store to, you know what I'm saying, be at, you know what I'm saying, especially coming down the mountain, you got the skiers going to be coming up here soon, whenever it decides to snow. Yeah, once it snows, <laughs> yeah. Once it snows. But uh, without further ado, we have Levi Norton of Northern Craft Cannabis. Thank you, sir, so much for coming out this evening. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you for having he, me. He pulled uh, uh, all day and then pulled up to the show, so I greatly appreciate you coming out and everything. Absolutely. Well, you and your family have been very hospitable. These guys fed me as yeah. soon as I showed up, so <laughs> I'm ready to go. Hey, that's good. That's the thing, man. My wife was like, I don't want to have him over during dinner time and he ain't eating. I was like, all right, well. Fire it up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so even though you don't live, we usually do it for people an hour away, you know what I'm saying? If you drove over an hour, we usually feed you. Mm-hmm. But uh, you just lucked up. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I appreciate you guys hey, very much. Hell yeah. Well, once again, thank you for coming out. But let's get right into the show. Let's talk a little bit about who Levi is. Sure. So, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely, yeah. So I grew up in Vermont. I was born in Whiting, 
which is a small farm town in Addison County down near Middlebury, born right in the house that my father built in the middle of the woods. So I spent a lot of my childhood just kind of living in the country, you know, running around the woods, all that kind of stuff. Little did I know my old man was growing weed two fields <laughs> over. <laughs> hey, that's so, dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's been in the family for a long time. And yeah, so. So you was living in Vermont and then you moved to, where'd you move to? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I lived in Vermont most of my life. After high school, I did travel around the country a little bit. I ended up in Portland, Oregon for yeah. about a year before coming back east. Shortly after that, about five of my friends who I grew up with or went to high school with ended up moving out to Southern Oregon to grow legal weed. Yeah. So I found myself going out there a few years in a row during harvest season to help with the trim, help with the harvest. And that was really my first introduction to like a legal weed scene. Although it didn't feel very legal, still yeah. felt like the Wild West out there for sure. We were yeah. staying in tents out in the backyard. <laughs> you know drinking and smoking the day away it's, yeah. it was a big party but you know we got a lot of work done yeah it's great i've noticed that like you know back in the day and it was more of people just pull up somewhere like i've met people that travel to be trimmers mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying especially in this field i'm people say they go oh i drove all the way to california and i met drove to oregon and you know i've met people that drove from texas all the way up here to trim mm -hmm. so it's like a whole trim culture, an underground trim culture as well. Absolutely. I mean, people make a decent living off of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, out west, you can keep work going all year long if you're willing to drive down to California, oh, back shit. up to Oregon, you know, work with indoor cultivators. If you get good at trimming and know what you're doing and can hold yourself together, there's always going to be work out there for you. That's the, it was, I've seen a few trimmers and I think I'm okay at trimming. But I've seen some tremors that can not can put you to shame. Like they just be just be moving with Oh the, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing some people finishing two pounds a day of Jesus nicely trimmed Christ. weed. I'm struggling over there to even get <laughs> one. one pound in a day done. It's like, yo, I need to step it up. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I um there was like, you know, you get paid, you know, by the pound, you know, and I was like, I right, that's a lot. And there was this girl over there that was just I had to watch her for a while. I stopped trimming to watch her, and she was just and just. I mean, the nug didn't stop moving mm -hmm. until she dropped it. Mm -hmm. And then by the time it hit, another one was already another nug was right in her hand, and she was steady going. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So, yeah, that trimming. I'm getting better. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trimmed a whole pound in a while, but yeah, there's some people who can. Whew. Some people are built for it, and yeah. then there's other people who are just like you might even not even know you're allergic to weed until you go out there and try to trim Yo, a pound a day. I'm allergic to weed. Yo, <laughs> that's what that's, I'm saying. Are yeah. you? Not too bad. So I, you know, some of my friends would get just break out in hives. They'd get really itchy. Their nose would start running. Uh, their was breathing me. would get really labored. Yep. Um, yeah, it was gnarly. Like one of my buddies is in like a full out like hazmat suit just trying to get the work done, you know. Yo, so it's crazy. Before I go out to trim, I used to go out there. I used to take allergy medicine before. I used to take my nasal stuff and just I, halfway through, I would just go outside and just run my nasals, nasal spray. And I'm, yeah, I'm allergic to, I got bad seasonal allergies too. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? I have a feeling that's, I, well, I don't have a feeling. I know there has to be what it is. You're hanging dried plants upside down. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I get, I used to feel it all in my chest. 
like, how does my inside of my chest itching? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, being allergic to weed is crazy. It's got to be the worst. It's the and you, I love smoking, obviously. Right, Even right. Sometimes now I roll up, and all of a sudden I just that yeah, blow it up. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like it's certain strains for some people. It is. It's like my little brother has that. It's like he can handle. You know, he he grows weed. He's got a little like hobby grow, and it doesn't really bother him too much. But certain strains will have him breaking out in hives, and he won't even attempt to go to like a a farm to trim or anything like that yeah that's um, why i had to stop because you know, i was i would like when i would reach in the plant to like cut it and i had short sleeves on it would like scratch and i just get like wow whelps on my arm mm-hmm. and stuff so hell yeah and what are we smoking again yeah so we are puffing on some hybrix cannabis that's the red delicious everybody mm-hmm. is loving that right now so it's like a it's like an apple strain but if you ask me like it's not like a like the apple fritter almost has like a more natural apple taste. This tastes like apple candy to me. It's yeah. got like a candy kind of nose it's, to it. It's so. almost like the artificial apple. Totally. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why I was asking. I was like, man, this is it's really, I don't want, want to say citrus. It's not a citrus, but it's like a sweetness on the back end mm-hmm. as you exhale. You Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, this is. Smooth as hell. Yeah, this is nice. <laughs> I like that. Northern Craft Cannabis. How did you get into that? Yeah, man. So Northern Craft Cannabis was the idea of my business partner and friend, Lauren LePage. You know, I've known Lauren for probably 10 plus years. You know, we when she was going to Johnson State, you know, I was hanging out over that way and we ended up, you know, crossing paths. And yeah, and then didn't see each other for maybe like seven years after that too much, maybe once in a while. But I ran into her outside of a concert at higher ground one day she told me what she was up to i was like oh you know that sounds cool i didn't think too much about it but yeah we stayed in touch she told me that she was trying to put together a small team of talented individuals that were good at a certain aspect of the business she was trying to create yeah um and yeah man she just really wanted to offer me basically whatever position i wanted she saw that i was doing good you know feeling motivated feeling professional and so yeah, you know, we we doing our own thing, but like it, it just kind of like came back together full circle. Yeah. And it was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So, you know, here I am, director of sales for Northern Craft Cannabis and part owner. Mm. That's what's up, man. Yeah. That's the funny thing about the cannabis. Like, I know it became legal October 1st, but it's still like we've been, a lot of people have been doing this for a while. So it's good that you can link up with somebody from your past and then create something. It's awesome to create with, with what you have. So hell yeah. Absolutely. What is the, what's the, what does Northern craft cannabis do? Yeah. Yeah. So Northern craft cannabis has a wholesale license. We have a focus on connecting with small tiered cultivators and manufacturers and getting their products to the broadest outreach of retailers as possible. We have an online menu, which is a huge asset to both retailers and the people that we distribute for, you know, Retailers only a couple of clicks away from putting together an order that can be delivered later that week. So mm. that's that's huge. That is, especially because I mean, you have to be being a. I'm learning now that being a grower, I mean, or being a a businessman in this industry, it's not always bag it and send it. Like it's a lot of paperwork and a lot of legalities that has to go into it. So for a company to take over and help out with that with their paperwork, with their, hey, 
you give us the product and we'll distribute it. Just let us know what has to be done. That's an awesome service. Absolutely. You know, a lot of cultivators in particular, you know, they love to grow and that's what really what they want to focus on. Exactly. It's, it's a lot of work and, you know, most of the time people that are really into gardening aren't so much into out there being super social and salesy, personable, and, you know, might not really want to put together all the paperwork necessary to exist in a legal market or even like necessarily put together a label for the packaging. Yeah. You know, we've run into a handful of people that, you know, literally all they have is weed. They don't know what else to do with it to get it ready for a store, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, it's, it's fine. Like a lot of people are in that boat, but luckily, you know, the way we're set up these days is we can handle every aspect of compliance for a cultivator that shows up with nothing but weed. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Like you said, it's a huge asset to the cultivator and on the retail end of things, you know, it's convenient for them as well. Yeah. Um, you establish that rapport with the buyer and then, you know, they can, it's, it's, that's the thing about, you know, being a distributor. I never was like alcohol distributor, mm -hmm. but working in restaurants, you got to see that same kind of, Hey, Paul, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Hey, you here to drop off, you know, load. Can you sign for it? Or can we do a quick inventory over it or whatever? So it's the same thing. You get to know the person. So it's awesome that you can go there. Boom. That's, you're the man. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's a lot for, you know, in this industry for a buyer to keep track of everything. So, you know, you walking in with five products, you know, one person instead of five people walking in with one different product. Uh, That's exactly the right. Yeah. I mean, retailers have people hitting them up on a pretty regular basis from what I can tell, yeah. um, looking to sell their product. And um, it's got to be overwhelming. The sense that I get is that retailers are fairly overwhelmed with the amount of um, outreach that people are hitting them up for. So by being able to get a number of brands from just one person, um, yeah. yeah, there's a huge value to it that. Is. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's up. Well, look, we've come to this part of the show where I like to ask you, did you put the stick on the table already? Oh, is Northern Craft? Oh, oh, no, see, I, got oh I thought. No, not yet. Not I thought yet. you had already put it down. I was <laughs> like, man, you did it. No, yeah. but come to the part of the show where I like to ask you to put the sticker, <laughs> just, throw it on the, just put it on the table wherever you like. Hell yeah. This table, you know what I'm saying, is grown. Over over the past year and some change. Yeah. So we filling up. We feel, I gotta before I leave, I should rotate this table. So I ain't gotta do it when I get back. But I I doubt that I will. I got a lot of stuff I gotta do. These are all people that have been on can of stations with Chris. Yes, everybody the okay. Uh there is two stickers on here that's the legalized Nepal and the Paxton's Pearls. Legalized Nepal, I met them at an event and they travel a lot, you know, legalizing, trying to get it legalized where ride. So he was like, we'll probably never come back. And I was <laughs> like, we'll see. So I was like, that's a good, you know, sticker to have. And Paxton's Pearls is a blunt company down in Florida. Okay. Have you heard of them? I, I have. Brothers Broadly? Just recently heard of them. Yeah. yeah, I was looking into them. I was like, where can I get these things? I hit up my buddy who is part owner at Garcia's down on Church Street, 
who actually just got into the recreational cannabis market as well. But I was like, yo, dude, do you carry these Paxton pearls at that spot? And he had never even heard of them. Yo, I, I order them. We've established the rapport and stuff. Okay. But yeah, I got a box of, they got the Dawson's Duds, the Paxton's Pearls, and damn, I can't forget, I forgot the, they got a black one. Um, but it's a Havana leaf, and then they have the barrel age, the barrel age series, okay. where uh, you can roll the blunt and put it back in there for a couple hours or overnight. It'll take on the flavor of the bourbon burn. <laughs> no way! So it's like hell yeah! I wish I, I wish I would have known. I really don't be rolling blunts for because a lot of people don't smoke tobacco. You sure, know what I'm but. I would have been down. Hell honestly. yeah, <laughs> yo, they 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 got some good ass blunts, man. Like it's, I used to smoke backwoods, and then backwoods is getting to a point where they're shitty. So overproduced, yeah, holes in them, stems. Mm-hmm. There's like really no, the the crab, the art is gone. It's just production, production, production. And when you take that leaf off, you tell, man, I was probably smoked, probably seventy of these blunts, and I've had maybe two with like a tiny hole. But where the hole was, when you wrap it, it's no hole. You know what I'm saying, where it was at. Got you. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's cool that somebody else that heard of Brothers Broadleaf, I got put on to that on this show. Spartan 420 came up, McGinley's Magical Meds came up, and he he pulled out the pack, and I was like, what's that you got there? Oh, no way. And so he put me on, and I started ordering, and I'm like, man, I've been missing out. Yeah, (laughs) they were like super sold out of some of their products when I checked out their website and they've got a limit, like a pretty modest limit of how many you can buy at a time. They don't want people just like, you know, eliminating the stock and... Yo, they they also, they always be doing like, I be interacting with them on Instagram. I got a little something cooking with them. Nice, okay. Hey man... I'm trying, cool. to, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my hands in everything that I can. Yeah. I at least got to dip it in to see if I can get it. For sure. Throw so, it out there, see what sticks. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got a little something cooking. So, good. This, so, this thing's burning well. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, the Red Delicious by High Bricks. I also got to shout out my boys over at Formulation Station who do all of our pre-roll production for us. They do a great job. The quality control is insane. You know what I mean? They really care about their product, and mm. so we really glad to have those guys on our team. That's what's up. It's yeah. Bur- yeah, it's burning well. Like, I like it. Tastes good too. Well, now we didn't come to this part of the show. It's called Own Weed. Okay. Like, what we like to do is or. I always be saying weed, but I like to find out how you like to smoke, how you like to consume, and things that you like to do. So, first question is, how do you like to consume? I like to consume in all kinds of ways, Mm. honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he said, see, all of the above. (laughs) That's right. I mean, typically, either, I like, I really like glass pipes. I've always appreciated the artistic aspect of a glass pipe. Ever since before I was, you know, even old enough to buy one, you could catch me on Church Street trying to pay adults to go into the glass shop for me yeah. so I could add to my collection. Um, no joke. <laughs> hey, that's um, great. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've always got like a decent like headpiece like by the couch at home. Um, but when I'm out and about, I know I'm going to be sharing with more people. You know, I'll bring my grinder and my papers. I like to be smoking joints if I'm going to a concert or something like that, especially yeah, yeah. if it's outside. 
I, I don't smoke as many blunts these days, but I do like them. And mm. no, I'm good on that. That's yeah. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. You know, I love dabs, but I that's more of a once in a while thing. Yeah. You know, I've always got a few different flavors of rosin at home. Um, man, but one thing I do miss is when I was much younger, we used to get bubble hash that you could actually like roll into a snake kind of thing <laughs> and you put that down the middle of the joint you know and I, that's I, something that i miss from my ch- younger years i remember when i was younger and we used to smoke blunts and there was we didn't have roach clips or anything but we used to get to down to the tip you used to burn your fingers mm. and so we used to go to concrete like wiping on concrete to get the get the color off from the tobacco and stuff. So gotcha. Hell yeah, it was all kinds of weird shit when we was young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So the next question is, what type of activities do you like to do when you're stoned? Oh man, in the winter time, it's definitely snowboarding. That's like one oh. of my favorite things to do to not only stay active, but you know, I've been doing it since I was a kid. Grew up skateboarding, snowboarding, and so you know, I. I let skateboarding go a little bit. I still get out there once in a while, but yeah, that's yeah. my favorite thing to do. You, you skateboard? A little bit these days still. I still got a couple decks at my house. I'll go out to, in the wintertime, me and my buddies will go out to Talent Skate Park maybe a couple times over the winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, during the summer, uh, A-Dog Park in Burlington A-Dog. once in a while, or yeah. uh, if it, looking for a more mellow session out in Winooski. They've got mm. a nice little park back there. Yeah, I used to- It's a little to, beat up, but- <laughs> Yeah, I used to live um, in Essex, and they had a little skate park at the Maple Street Park. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. they had one over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the another bike course in the back where people be like, riding their bikes real fast, and be turning them on. I'm like, hey, that's cool. No doubt. But uh, I tried skateboarding when I was younger, and I remember- I tried to ollie. That's the when you jump, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I took the front and dug it, and I popped off, and I was going downhill. And I remember I scraped all the skin off my shoulder, like I had to the silver skin. Oof. <laughs> and I thought it was the bone as a kid. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah! And I never skateboarded again. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, I wasn't one of them boys that fall and can get back up. Like, I seen this shit. I was like... I don't know, what the hell am I looking at the inside of my body for? <laughs> Finding something else to do. Hell yeah. So, all right, next question. What type of music do you like to listen to? I listen to a lot of t- types of music. I mean, I love the Grateful Dead. I love Fish. I just caught part of the Fish New Year's run at Madison Square Garden this past weekend, actually. But I also love hip-hop. If I'm, like, driving around in the car, I'm, like, usually listening to hip-hop. Yeah, um, yeah. Or I mean, I, if I'm, like, working... I'll put on some more like ambient music, some more like instrumental kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like a band called Sound Tribe is something I like to put on because there's no words and it's just like, it's just like a vibe. You know what I mean? But yeah, so everything from hip hop to to jam band music, the Grateful Dead, bluegrass, yeah. uh, electronic music to a certain degree, and you got your all types of mood music. That's what I like to call it, mood music. Yeah, there's you know something for every you know situation. Yeah, exactly. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. What type of like when you, you watch TV? You- I don't watch a ton of TV, but when I do, it's usually 
like I like stand up comedy. I've been yeah. watching a lot more of that. Yeah. That's something I'm trying to see more live these days too. I went to one show a long time ago. Stand up comedy in person is a lot funnier than on the couch. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like you get engulfed in the laughter. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? It's contagious. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go in there happy. And even if you don't, you're going to leave. You leave super happy. <laughs> though. Yeah. I went. We my first comedy show was like we, she took me to. It was an anniversary. And we went to see, went to the one in Burlington, the comedy. Vermont Comedy Club. Comedy Club, Club yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I remember like the audience going and sitting in the audience. And we sat like front row, we was like right there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was just so much fun. You know what I'm saying? The laughter. And just, you, I went in there hype. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So, you know, th- you think you can do it? I, I like uh, envision it from time to time because I've been watching it and trying to go out and see it more and stuff. I don't think I could do it. No. no, I like think about like low key sitting on the couch and trying to actually go like write jokes because you know it does take a certain degree of like premeditation to come yeah. up with like a good joke. You know, even if you're speaking from experience, the delivery is so important. The yeah. the order in which you like even like put the timeline of events. Yeah. So that part of it, I am kind of like curious to see if I can like come up with something that I think is good. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get on stage. <laughs> Do it. But... Hey, man, have a couple <laughs> drinks. Get up there and have a couple drinks. That's when, I mean, I've performed, like I've sung on stage. So okay. like that takes, like I can sing, but it's also like it takes a lot to get up there on stage. But if you get some liquid courage in your system, hey. You know, you I actually, I haven't had a, Drop of alcohol in over four years, actually. Hey, you know what? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. you that yeah. is fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what's up. Uh, I know a lot of people who wasn't able to jump off that train. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people suffered from that was their demise. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome to see people be in it and be able to get out. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you, my man. Thank That's you. That's awesome. I'm that, happy uh, for you. I appreciate it. that. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So for the final question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite type of munching? What do you like to eat? Man, if I'm real stoned, I mean, the first thing I pictured, because I'm pretty stoned right now, <laughs> was a big-ass plate of nachos. Oh. With, like, some shreddy, like, shreddy beef or shreddy chicken or mm. something like that. Chili peppers, onions. Mm. That sounds real good. That does sound good. Hey, um, I, I remember they did, I went somewhere and they did layered nachos. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I we had done them, it was just nachos, cheese, stuff on top, built. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then when I got the nachos that had layers to it, I was like, man, this is like a 3D diet right yeah. here. Like, I didn't even know what I was missing. You got to get the <laughs> toppings distributed evenly oh, throughout all the man. chips. <laughs> hey, look, I done had my, my boy Quinn. Oh, my God. He made the best nachos. I swear I remember one time we was at work when I was running the end of Essex, and he pulled out a sheet tray of, like, nachos. And then he was just full of We had a busy night. We needed to eat. You know what I'm saying? He just made the nachos and threw them out. It was Every chip had everything in it. And even mm-hmm. the chips underneath had everything in it because when you pick up the first chip, stuff would fall down mm-hmm. and already be, oh. That's what's up. No chip <laughs> left behind. No chip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what's up, man. Hey, well, look, Levi, thank you so much for coming out. I greatly appreciate you. It's awesome that you have a service out there that helps small farmers because, like you said, not all, not all – me getting into the into the game, like it's not just bag it, take it, get the cash, and we out. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of paperwork involved, and a lot of people 
they're not good at that stuff. So it's also that you, your service that, you know what I'm saying, helps people out with that. So Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's what we're up. here for. That's what's up. Can you tell them where to find you at? You know what I'm saying, on social media. Absolutely, yeah. You can catch us on Instagram at, at Northern Craft Vermont. And that's Vermont spelled out, not VT. So at Northern Craft Vermont. And uh, you can catch me at Levi at Levi underscore NCC. I try to only post about stuff we're up to. So, yeah. And then we got a website online, www.northerncraftcannabis.com. So if you're a retailer or you are a cultivator or manufacturer and you're trying to get a hold of us, you can get in contact with us right through our website. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, man, need you to do me a favor. What's that? Talk to Laura. Tell her. <laughs> She's going to probably hear this and be like, hey, man. She going to hear this episode and be like, hey, that wasn't that bad. You know what yeah. I'm Maybe I can go do it. So, you know what I'm saying? I hope she come on because... I remember that high, the the white sunrise. Mm-hmm. That was that was some special. It's always been like a pin in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> man. That white sunrise was awesome. No so, doubt. Hell yeah, I love to have you on. So if you hear this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, come well, on up. I gotta say, you made it feel very comfortable. You know what I mean? And uh, you're very hospitable. So, you know, anybody who feels like they're too nervous to do something like this, you'll be fine with this. Hey, you'll be all right with me, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, once again, Levi, thank you for coming out. And thank y'all for listening. You know, y'all can find me on Instagram, Canisations Chris Podcast. Still working on some other things, Bill. And then I got the, got the pre-roll out. I'm going to probably be in a couple of new spots right now. We tea house in White River Junction and the gas station in Rutland. But there's a couple other places coming here. So y'all just be on the lookout, you know. I always stay cooking, so y'all stay looking. So you know what it is. Y'all stay blazing and stay amazing. And we are. That was like? Yeah. Like this shit. <laughs> hey, man, I'm glad. I'm glad. This the, this the vibe I want to bring. Like, I want people to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, no, that was fun, dude. Definitely.